Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling God, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me on Twitter at UndercoverGreg for all of my gambling picks. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You might know him as Showtime on social media world. It's at Showtime Cappers on Twitter is where you can find them. We are regularly going to be going on Tuesdays now uh, because, hey, it's a great sports month, and there's other things to talk about besides football, so we are going to dive in to a lot of baseball today as well. Matt, good to be with you again. How you doing? What's up, Greg? Yeah, I'm really excited about adding on the Tuesday, uh, Friday uh, schedule we have now. Tuesdays, we can easily now cover the Tuesday night slate, Wednesday night slate, and Thursday night football. So that's going to be big once the NBA and college basketball get back in action. Those are obviously big days there. We'll have the NHL going during the week that we'll be touching on throughout the season. And obviously, you know, with the, with October fully underway, we have the baseball playoffs for the next three or four, three, three or so weeks. So I'm really excited. I, I, I love, I love everything that's going on right now in October. So let's go right there where the first thing that I think anybody thinks of if you're a sports fan when it comes to the month of October, even though there's a lot going on, it's postseason baseball and we had Four games yesterday. Unfortunately, that is the last time of the 2019 season that we'll have four baseball games in one day as the New York Yankees eliminate the Minnesota Twins. We now have just three LDS series still going. Uh, and the first one that is, well, I guess let's start very quickly recapping the Yankees Twins. Uh, disappointing from the Twins to not be able to score as many runs as we thought uh, and maybe hang around a little bit more in that series. Uh, the Yankees took care of business. I'm not really sure how much more there is to t- to read into it, Matt, other than uh, the Twins disappointed. And, you know, I know the Yankees pitched pretty well with their starters, uh, but I, I ha- we, and we'll get more into most likely Houston and the Yankees later in the week. But other than the Twins just kind of uh, going away pretty easily, there wasn't much I took from that series. Yeah, I mean, look, I got, you know, I actually really went, uh, against, against my own words of advice, uh, that we spoke about last year. I actually ended up taking the Yankees every single game. Um, you know, after game one, I really just saw the mojo that the Yankees had 
uh, with that with that home crowd. I, that stadium was rocking, Greg, and the the team it was really just feeding off each other, you know. And to lose game one the way the Twins did, I, I wasn't gonna say that it was over, but a ten a ten four loss like that, you know, it was just it was real real upsetting for the Twins in a letdown spot um, where they thought maybe they could steal game one on the road. Um, you know, like like the Cardinals were able to do. Yeah, no, that that's a good point because Minnesota was tied with the Yankees three three going to the bottom of the fifth in Game One. So yeah, so they really thought they 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 had a chance there, and obviously the Yankees ended up cracking it open, right? So right, and then the Game Two it was pretty much over after the third inning. It was eight nothing. So yeah, you know after New York in the bottom of the third. So after twelve innings of baseball, you're staring down two zero in the face against. The New York Yankees, who've been one of the best teams all year, I mean, you know, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't a easy task for the Nationals, you know, then they gotta, they gotta come home and they're facing Luis Severino, who, who, you know, he only went four innings, but he had a great four innings, got out of a huge bases loaded jam for yep. the Yankees. No, yeah, bottom of the second, know, that kind of did it. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, and we, you know, we we saw the rest, and we know what happens when the when the Yankees bullpen gets in. I mean, look how many runs the Twins had from the seventh and eighth innings. So, you know, last night they only had one run. Um, in game two, they only had one run, and and game one, I believe they they had one or less. You know, game one they didn't have any runs from the seventh inning on. So, if out of those nine innings, Yankees bullpen only let up. Um, I mean, two earned runs. That's that's pretty impressive, Greg, and that's something that we talk about all year, especially with a team like the Yankees, who their pitching staff hasn't always been so reliable. Really huge to see them, you know, get the sweep, get the little extra day's rest, um, gear up for I think who we both believe will be the Astros after today with Verlander on the mound. Uh, but it'll be exciting to see uh, see uh, how how things shake out in um, Tampa today. Yeah, so let's move on to today's game. The Houston Astros uh, in Tampa for a game four after Tampa wins yesterday 10-3 behind Charlie Morton. They get to Zach Greinke and really wasn't much of a contest from the uh, middle innings on. Houston today, a minus 238 favorite on the money line, uh, minus one and a half on the run line. You got to pay a dollar forty to back the Astros on the first five run line. It is that identical minus a dollar forty price is what I'm seeing. Minus two twenty five on the first five money line. So goes without saying that you're paying a premium to back the Houston Astros in a Justin Verlander start, um, as he has been lights out battling with Garrett Cole for the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, and, and, you know, let's not overlook, I know that we're all expecting Houston to advance, but the Tampa Bay Rays have been, they actually won the regular season series against Houston, and uh, they're going to send Diego Castillo to the mound today, probably going to be a bullpen game from Tampa Bay, which they kind of patented, they were the team that kind of started that opener trend, and their bullpen has been very good as well. And, you know, they won 10-3 yesterday. They almost stole that second game after Cole was lights out with 15 strikeouts. Houston, I believe, loaded the bases in the ninth inning and had a chance to tie the game. Uh, so, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay loaded the bases in the ninth inning there. So, they have been a scrappy bunch. They have been scrapping and clawing. And, you know, Matt, if anything, that makes me a little hesitant to pay the price today on Houston. Probably something I'm going to sit on the sideline for, expecting Houston to win, but... It's just something about these Rays that they don't seem to want to go away easily. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the game today, but it's just when I'm playing this kind of juice, i got to be really confident. And I'm not entirely sure I'm there. What are your thoughts on today's game? For? Um, Yeah, Greg, so it's high juice, obviously, you know. So this is not a money line that I'd be looking to play straight up. Um. This is a this is a play I'd be looking you know look at the, I would look at the minus one for maybe around the minus one forty price or uh, I don't know what it is off the top of my head but somewhere around there um, I'm definitely going to be playing well, it, the more, it'd be more than that because uh, the one eighty uh, price yeah yeah the the run line was one forty so minus one maybe around one eighty one one eighty ish yeah um you know so I would look to play that I I would pay that in this game with a Justin Verlander on the mound I mean he was lights out in his last start. 
I mean, and obviously that came against the Rays, allowing only one hit in seven innings, striking out eight. I mean, he was phenomenal. What can I say? You know, I had the first, I had the first, uh, five there, and obviously that one, thank you, Justin Verlander. And I'm gonna be looking to play that play again today for the price of 140. Uh, I think that's a great steal of a price. We don't know exactly who's going to be pitching their full five innings for the Rays, but we do know if things go to plan for the Astros that Justin Verlander will be out there on the full five innings. And if Justin Verlander's out there on the full five innings, that gives me confidence that the Rays won't even get one run, Greg. You know, especially with a low total, with a low total of seven and a half. I, I don't know if the, if they're going to get a run off Verlander. I think he can easily go scoreless like he did last time. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned that though, because that almost leads me to go ahead and play. I'm seeing first five under at four right now. That inclines me because I said I think it's going to be a bullpen game from Tampa. Tampa Bay had the number one bullpen ERA in baseball this year. So if we don't think that Houston's going, that uh, Tampa's going to score a run in the first five, then first five under four would be a play that I am most likely to play at standard juice than uh, to take a piece of the Astros side. But uh, that that would only be a one-unit play, and, and I haven't locked it in yet. Of course. Yeah, no, I see that angle for sure. I would just rather side with the Astros because, like I said, I don't see the Rays scoring, but I could see the Astros putting up four, five, six runs, you know. I mean, this is an elimination game, Greg. Remember that. They, they, ju- they just watched the Yankees sweep the Twins. The last thing this Astros team wants to do, you know, it's I'm not going to I'm not gonna get a little bit of, hey, yeah, the last thing they want to do is give the Rays life. Like, all of a sudden, they lose this game with their ace Verlander on the mound. I mean, yeah, we're coming home, and, and it's all good and, and dandy, but, you know, this Rays team is, is coming into Houston with a lot of confidence. I mean, For sure. why not us? That's what they're going to be saying, you know? So, Houston, I think it's important that Houston gets this done, and they don't have to come home, no, I, they don't I have to the pressure of a Game 5, and who better to do it than their stud pitcher, ace, Justin Verlander on the mound. I do think he gets this done. We Remember, we know home. Home field is not much of a factor with Tampa Bay for their 10,000 fans that show up. So I, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. I, I you think know, you, Berlander, could game, you could go to this game yesterday, I checked, for $40. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's embarrassing. I'm taking, I'm taking Justin Verlander first half, uh, minus a half, minus one, minus 140 for at least one unit. I'm going to lock in. Obviously, check the Twitter later today, closer to the game time. But so far, that's the only play I have on this game. Yeah, and I, and I, I'll be the same with the first five under. I would only play it for a unit. Have not locked it in yet, but that's the way I'm looking at. Real quick though, you mentioned Verlander uh, and, and the need for Houston to close this out. Let's just say that you know we're in in, in a world where they are to be su- surprisingly that doesn't happen today, and we move on to Game Five. Just would that incli- would that make you more inclined? Like would that increase your chances of thinking the Yankees could beat them if Houston is to win this series in five and right. not real and- real quick answer no the answer is no, no. Okay. um and I'll tell you why real quick um because, because it doesn't in, in asking that question was well then the pitching gets a little thrown off and they got to wait to throw Verlander a little bit later and maybe the Yankees are more likely to steal one in Houston but no nah, because I I, I think the ALCS I, on Friday morning I think these Astros and these Yankees are too close. I think it's already set up for a six or seven game series. So I think honestly we, we can easily see Verlander, Cole, and Granke all go twice. So I don't think it really matters what order, considering I think they're all good. Obviously, you know, I think Verlander and Cole have the edge to Granke. I think we can all agree there. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, whoever they're seeing from, from the, the Yankees side, Granke is, is going to be comparable right there. So, so with, with starting Granke twice, Verlander twice, and, Cole twice. I think the Astros are in a very good spot. Winning in five versus winning in three. Yeah, I mean, there's something a little bit to the momentum and the confidence, but at the end of the day, they're all their own individual outcomes. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's series to series, and the Astros got their job done. They win the series. Maybe not as quickly as they wanted to, but it doesn't mean anything, you know, and the Yankees are still traveling to them. Remember that. So either way, the Astros are traveling home, whether they have to play a game or not. Um, so I, I don't think it changes much in my mind, and I still do like the Astros to beat the Yankees to make it to the World Series, but we'll discuss that later in the week. On we roll, and you're right, we will. We will be able to preview the ALCS in our Friday pod as the American League Championship Series will begin, we believe, in Houston uh, on Saturday evening, uh, so still plenty of time to preview that. Let's move on to the two games on Wednesday. This should be a lot of fun. A pair of Game 5 
winner take all and the loser hits the golf course. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves are up first. Game will take place at 5 o'clock Eastern time in Hotlanta. Mike Fultonevich will go to the mu- go to the bump for Atlanta. He had he threw a gem in game two. And hey, if, if you're if you're St. Louis, you got the guy you want on the mound. It's your horse, Jack Flaherty. Matt, early thoughts on the first game five on Wednesday. A lot of thoughts here, Greg. So obviously we saw this matchup and it ended up in the Braves taking the game three zero. Um, Jack Flaherty, we spoke about him last time. I was on the Cardinals this game. I was really disappointed. He was the best pitcher for the past two months of the season in his past 12 starts. So in all of September and August in his past 12 starts, he's only let up three earned runs once, two earned runs once, and one earned run in two other starts. Otherwise, you know, he's, he's had a scoreless, he's had a scoreless game in three, four, five, six, I have in front of me, eight starts. I mean, eight out, eight out of 12 starts in the past two months of the season. You know, now first start ever in the playoffs. Young kid, 23 years old, turning 24 next week, Greg. A lot of pressure on him. And, you know, he didn't have a bad game, but he definitely got the loss, letting up three earned runs in seven innings, eight strikeouts. And, you know, like you said, the Braves got the best of him that game. And, honestly, in a game five, winner take all at home, I don't know if the young kid steps up to the plate. And I I think the nerves from last game carry over him. I think they're haunting a little bit. You know, he's a pro and he's going to learn from this postseason, but I think he's actually going to, I think he's going to pitch his team out of the playoffs. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, at the end of the day, uh, he is a better pitcher than Mike Fultonevich. And I, I'm not sure that I necessarily am going to freak out and, and, and be concerned over seven innings of three-run three, three run ball, which he gave them in game two. St. Louis just didn't hit. Uh, and, you know, you talk about pressure. Atlanta had a 4-3 lead in this game four yesterday with uh, one or two outs in the eighth inning. So they were four outs away from closing it out at Bush Stadium. Yadier Molina gets a big hit uh, to tie the game in the bottom of the eighth. And St. Louis ends up winning in ten. Atlanta also left the bases loaded in the sixth inning. Uh, they stranded a leadoff double in the ninth inning. They left the bases loaded again in the seventh inning. I, watching that game on Monday, I thought, well, this is a missed opportunity for Atlanta, and it may cost them the series. I lean with the Cardinals here. Uh, I don't think Fulton Nevich is going to pitch as well as he did in game two in a winner-take-all game. Granted, Atlanta had to win that game, too. You can't lose both games at home. Um, but n- not an official play for me yet. Uh, I, I, I lean to the Cardinals at the beginning of the series, uh, and I had the Cardinals in the first game at a plus price, had the Cardinals in game four. Uh, so that, that, those are my early thoughts, uh, with this series. That, I also don't know one, that one I, one thing I'll note, Greg, in that game though, I will say, um, I do believe that, you know, I don't know if it was entirely Jack Flaherty's fault. I don't know if he should have came out for that seventh inning that he pitched, which is where he let up two of his three runs. Obviously, we know he was liked out for the next five after letting up a run in the bottom of the first. But, you know, that's that's part of the game, right? When to take out your starting pitcher. How many times in every single game each postseason do we see a pitcher stay in one batter too long and it cost them the game or the series, you know? So in this instinct, maybe it cost them the game, maybe not. So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, with winner take all game five, the, how quick of a leash these managers have on, on their, on their, on their stud pitchers. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. No official play for me either. I, I'm just not so sure I want to, I want to back the young kid on the road who was just here last week. And, and, and just let up three earned runs in a loss. A lot of pressure for him, right? I mean, think about it. If he doesn't come out and perform this game and get a win, that means the past three months he just had of a, of, of the best pitcher in baseball just went, just went to shit in two starts. I mean, no one's going to forget what he did in the regular season, but you know, come on, let's be real. The playoffs is where you make your money. And after, after three, three months like that to, to, to then put up two losses in, in five, in your first five games in the series or in the playoffs, definitely, definitely not how you want to start your playoff career. 
Yeah, no, that's it, it, true. And and as I said, it's it's right now more of a lean for me with St. Louis. I do think it's also worth noting, though, that uh, in uh, September, uh, Mike Fultonevich did have a couple of uh, he had a couple of good starts, but his most recent uh, his last start at the Mets, uh, he only made it out of the, he only pitched four innings. So uh, I, I guess in a winner take all game, if I was Atlanta, like I. I I understand that, like, Fultonevich got going at the end of the year. Like, his month of September overall was very good. Um, but he's definitely not their best pitcher. Like, this is if, – if, if we're talking about a quick hook here, I, I certainly think Brian Snicker and the Braves are going to have a quicker hook with Fultonevich just because he's not as good as Flaherty. So, I, 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 as I said, that does feel a little square, that handicap. So, I'm not really sure where I'm going yet. Uh, but uh, just a lean with the Cardinals. Uh, final words, or can't, you want to move on to L.A.? No, I'm good, yeah. No official play in the Cardinals. Obviously, check on the Twitter for tomorrow. But um, as of right now, I do lean the Braves. Okay, let's go to the uh, City of Angels, where the L.A. Dodgers need a fifth game against the Washington Nationals. Gosh, first off, let me just say, let me let me get this off my chest a little bit. This did me dirty on, uh, on Monday night. Game four, I took first five under four and a half, and I took... The L.A. Dodgers on the money line. And what happens in the bottom of the fifth with two outs? The Dodgers have a, or the Dodgers trail two to one and Ryan Zimmerman hits a three run home run and a two one deficit becomes five one. First five under five and a half, or I'm sorry, first five under four and a half loses. Dodgers go down five one. That was a killer for me. And that was all she wrote after that Zimmerman. Yes. And I don't know if you remember, but if anyone was out here watching that game, it was, it was nice to see the announcers didn't give Zimmerman the reverse jinx because all they were doing was hyping him up, um, as being the Nationals, uh, you know, special, special player. So when we look at this one, we're going to see a, a, an outstanding pitching matchup. Steven Strasburg for Washington against Walker Bueller for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right now we're seeing Los Angeles as a minus dollar 48 favorite. Total of seven in this game on the run line. Uh, you can pay a dollar juice to get Washington plus a run and a half, or you can get the Dodgers at the plus price of plus one forty nine uh, on the minus one and a half run line. I uh, don't believe uh, first half prices are out. Oh no, they are uh, in the game. No, correction, they are not. The for only first half prices I'm seeing right now are on today's game between Houston and Tampa. So as I said. You're seeing the Dodgers as a favorite. To be honest, though, Matt, I, I think that this minus dollar forty-eight with the Dodgers uh, is kind of there's something that's sketching me out. I'm not sure I want to pay it because, in a weird way, the team that historically the Washington Nationals has had all sorts of trouble in the postseason and in this round. I think they come in here with nothing to lose and have a chance to steal this thing. I mean, they have kind of been the underdog this whole series. It goes without saying there. And you go back to the wild card game, they looked left for dead going into that eighth inning. And they find a way to get some traffic on Josh Hader. And then Juan Soto comes up with a big hit. I'm not saying this is destiny, but... I certainly don't think this is the same Nationals team that we can just chalk up for up. They're gonna they're gonna screw it up again in October. Like I I, I think they they have a very good chance to win this game. Well, look, Greg. I mean, after the first game where they lost six zero, right? You know, they actually are outscoring. <clears throat> excuse me, outscoring the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I mean, only fourteen to thirteen, but still, so, the Dodgers. Vermont, that, that's with a ten four Dodgers win in game in game uh, three. so Yeah, so, I mean, we saw that get a little blown out of proportion, but otherwise, since the goose egg they laid in game one, you know, which coincidentally was against Mr. Walker Bueller, uh, the Nationals offense has been manufacturing runs, scoring four runs at least in in every game since, and six runs, obviously, uh, in their most recent game, but I think we see uh, two pitchers, two stud young pitchers come into this game, you know, I guess Strasburg's not so young anymore, but Walker Bueller at 25 is still young in this league. And I think they put on dominant performances. I love the under in the first half and the under in the full game here. 
I mean, Strasburg, what can you say about him? This playoffs, nine innings, one earned run, 14 strikeouts. He's been lights out. He already saw this Dodgers team, and he put them for 10 strikeouts in six innings. Walker Bueller, we know how great he is at home. And let me tell you how important that game one start was. It was very important not only that he did well, but that they went with him because he really struggled in September. In five starts in September, he had a 4.5 ERA, and that was down from the 1.69 ERA over five starts in August. So after a little shaky September, it was really nice to see him in his first uh, postseason start at home. Real comfortable, six innings of work, allowing only one hit, three walks, eight strikeouts. And I think we see another pitching duel. And like you said, I really would not be surprised, Greg. This could be a solo shot winner. You know, this could be a 1-0, a 2-1. You make a case for the under, though. I would definitely, that would be my play as well. And I'm just not so sure that, like you said, I can back the Dodgers at, at, at minus 146 or minus 145 with, with the Nationals offense have been as hot as it is. I don't know if they're going to get it off Bueller, but we've seen the Dodgers uh bullpen struggle. We've seen the Nationals bullpen struggle. I really think this could be a long game. Starters go seven or eight. We got a tie after seven or eight. Maybe see some extras and, you know, which bullpen blows it first. That's what it could come down to for me. It's real tough to find a side. If I had to pick a side, I would go with the kid at home in the first half, Walker Bueller. He's been great on the first half this year. That's the side I would lean as of right now, but nothing official except I will be playing the first half under and the full game under, at least for one unit, because I think both these pitchers come out and they do their job. And I think we see a lot of aggressive hitters out there, and we see a lot of pop-outs, a lot of strikeouts in this game. I think everyone's going to try and be a hero, and it's going to be interesting to see who is the hero. I think uh, Max Muncy. That's a that's a great point about the everyone trying to be a hero, because I think we, you see this. We saw that you mentioned Muncy, too, in that Game 3 last year in the World Series. I, I, I man, I don't know about you. I managed to stay up for that. And I was watching in the extra innings and it, it really was not fun to watch because every hitter was just trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Now I realize this is the 13th, 14th inning. So it's not a comparable situation necessarily, but I do think there's something to that element of hitters going up there, maybe eyes getting a little big and trying to do a little too much, swinging out of their shoes, more strikeouts than you would normally see. I will, I'm with you. I will consensus the first half and full game under in this one. So if Greg, you're looking before for picks, we wrap up baseball, I, I, I got something for us to do. Two okay. game fives, the first two winner go home games of the series, of the playoffs, obviously, uh, aside from the wild card. I want your four heroes. So if the Cardinals are going to win, who's their hero of the game? If the Braves are going to win, who's their hero of the game? Nationals, Dodgers, so on. Give me your four heroes. Okay, so if the Cardinals win, I'm going to go with a guy that had the big hit in Game 4 and a probably future Hall of Famer, Yadier Molina. I think he'll be great in managing the game behind the plate. He always is, and I think he's going to come up with at least one big hit for the Cardinals. Can't say anything about, about that man, can you? Yeah, you, you can't. If the Atlanta Braves win, I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson. He's been a guy that has really started to hit a little bit more, uh, had a huge hit in Game 3. Always plays a sound defensive shortstop, so I will take Dansby as my hero for the Braves. Uh, if the Washington Nationals win, uh, then I am going to say that it's going to be Steven Strasburg. That is the easy way out here, but I have to think that if Nash, if the Washington Nationals win, well, their bullpen hasn't been as bad. They've gotten some good spots from Daniel Hudson. If they win, it's going to be because Strasburg gave them innings, so I will take Strasburg there. And then if the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers win, I like your Muncie call. I think he'll come up with a couple big spots and, and bring in some runs late. So those would be my four. Yadier, Dansby, Swanson, Steven Strasburg, and Max Muncie. How about you? Gotcha. I'm going right to the Cardinals. I'm going right to the horse. Jack Flaherty. If the Cardinals want to win this game, Jack Flaherty's got to go at least seven, probably eight innings. He's got to wow. be dominant. He, and, 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 and if the Cardinals do win this game, it will be because Jack Flaherty's dominant. The Cardinals won't win this game by outscoring the Braves. <clears throat> I, at least I don't believe so at this point. I think Jack Flaherty's gotta have a great game. And like you said, I'm interesting to see. Uh, for the Braves, I'm going to their two-hole hitter, Ozzy Albie, Albies. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's been having a great series. Obviously with Acuna in front of him, always gives him the chance to have a guy on base when he comes up. And he's had some timely hitting. He can run the base as well. I really think that, you know, 
if the Braves win this game, he could be a big factor in this well, game. Let me get in one quick thing on what you said, which was a good point about the Cardinals having to win probably a lower scoring game. Granted, game, game one was 7-6, but that was a, that's a little faulty because of all the runs that were scored in the eighth and ninth inning in that game. There were a total of seven runs in the ninth inning in game one. After game one, here are the scores in this series, 3-0, 3-1, and 5-4. So you're certainly expecting the winner of this game, whether it's Atlanta or St. Louis, to only have about four or five runs. Yeah, no, definitely definitely agree there. Definitely agree there. Um, and now, you know, to the Nationals, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, I, you know, I, I really want to agree with you with Steven Strasburg, but ultimately I can't agree with you due to my reasoning for the game because I think Strasburg and Bueller are both going to have a great game. So I really don't think – I think Strasburg just going to go out there and do what he does, and I don't think he's going to be much of a factor because I think he's ultimately going to be leaving this game with a no decision. So if the Nationals are going to get a win – who other than the young kid, Juan Soto, coming up with a big hit in this game in L.A.? I mean, I think that would be great. That man, he goes up to that play with the utmost confidence. And, I, you know, I, I think he could be an impact player if the Nationals were to win this game with a big hit. And I really think you can do it. You know, it's funny um, that uh, the uh, Nationals, Juan Soto, the left-hander, the name is escaping me. There's a left-handed reliever on the Dodgers. His literally, his Dave Roberts said the one job for him is to get Juan Soto out. That is how important Juan Soto is to this series. Yeah, he really is. And you know, Greg, I'm actually gonna, you know, since you took my man Muncie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my approach, and I'm gonna go to someone who's kind of like been struggling this postseason. But I don't see why there's any reason why a player of his caliber can hit a home run and win his team the game. Cody Bellinger for the Dodgers. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as say, you know, he's been, he's been awful because obviously he's been all right, but no home runs through, through four games of the series. Why isn't Cody Bellinger due to win his team a game as he's been doing all long the regular season? Obviously batting in the cleanup spot usually gets on with good amount with guys in runners in scoring position throughout the game. Uh, I would not be surprised if Cody Bellinger hits a late go-ahead home run in this game because that's what stars do, Greg. They struggle, and then they step up when they need him. Adam Kolarik, I had to look it up. He's that kind of side-arming left-hander who's one job. Only reason he's on the roster in the NLDS for the Dodgers is to get Juan Soto out. So there you have it. Plenty of good stuff on the baseball playoffs. We will have uh, LCS previews on Friday. We're certainly expecting it to be the Yankees and the Astros. Wouldn't count out the Rays. They've been a scrappy bunch. Uh, I'm going to count them out, Greg. I'm counting them out. You're counting them out. Okay. I'm not. I, I like them. And they, as I said, they won the regular season series against Houston. They've been in game two and, and game three they won, but still expecting Houston to take it. Uh, and then, you know, who knows about these two game fives. Neither one of us feel that confident in either side. But if you're looking for a pick, we are. We'll give you two. Consensus on the first five and the full game under in Los Angeles and Washington in game five of the Dodgers and National Series. Let's take a break. And we're going to, Matt has an NHL pick, which we'll discuss briefly. And then we will uh, give an early lean on the Thursday night football game as NFL week six gets underway with the New York Giants visiting the New England Patriots. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? Well, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither did you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you or add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door and on schedule, with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of our show here at Full Slate can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted engronomic handle with a firm grip, 
a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis becomes hard. That's why I chose to subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, You'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And the best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered delivered directly to you. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Matt, let's start as we come back on our break, wrapping things up with the National Football League Week Six, never too early. I just to want to throw. I just want to throw a little uh, a, a one play hockey hockey in there for the day today. Oh, I, oh, I, I didn't realize the game was today. Yeah. Then on that note, uh, you have a play on the ice, uh, and, and where are you taking us for another pick? Yeah. So on the ice, um, I really, I, I really like to pick and choose my spots very wisely on the ice regular season. Obviously. I would be lying, and anyone really is lying if they say they can follow college basketball, uh, NBA, college football, NFL, NHL, MLB playoffs. You know, I, I don't, I don't care. It's too tough to follow all of them. You gotta pick and choose your sports, and you gotta pick and choose your spots. So what I like to do in the NHL is I like to do a lot of what I'll call schedule spots. And I know it's early on in the season and schedule spots don't mean as much or fatigue doesn't mean as much, but I think we get a nice little early spot here. Obviously I was on the Hurricanes, uh, earlier in the season in their, in their game opener against Montreal and they ended up pulling that one out. That was a nice one for them. We know the Carolina Hurricanes have a lot of hype coming into the season, starting off 3-0, but I'm going to take us down to BB&T Center. Florida Panthers, and I'm playing the minus 120 against the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes come to this game 3-0, and they most recently played on Sunday in Carolina, a tough game against Tampa, 4-3. And now let me tell you, Florida opened up their two games against Tampa Bay. They, they split both games, lost 5-2 and won 4-3. So, you know, with those results coming against Tampa and with Carolina's results coming against Tampa, I really like this spot for Florida at home. Florida also, they, they, they haven't done much travel. They haven't even left the state of Florida yet. Like I said, they played at Tampa Bay, and then they came home, and they played. So now they're home again, and they played that game home on Saturday. So they've been at home, and they had Sunday off. They had Monday off. They'll have all day today till game time, you know, when they start warming up and everything. So I really like this spot for the Florida Panthers at home, and I got them minus 120, and I'm playing it for one unit. There you have have it, a play on the Florida Panthers money line from that. I have not looked a ton at the hockey card yet. Uh, I can tell you right off the bat that uh, there was some news that came out yesterday uh, that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be without Evgeny Malkin for quite some time, and uh, Nick Bukestad, another one of their major acquisitions last year at the trade deadline, is going to be out for quite a while. So that in the first game without those guys makes me think that Winnipeg at plus 130 I'm seeing might be worth a look. Uh, also an interesting game tonight in the NHL between the Boston Bruins, the defending Eastern Conference champions, and the Vegas Golden Knights, who may well represent the West in the Stanley Cup final. That would not surprise me. Uh, Boston has only scored three goals so far this season, uh, So I, and, and we all know about Marc-Andre Fleury 
and how good he's been since joining Vegas. So uh, I, I could very easily see myself on the under there, either full game or first period. Uh, nothing official, uh, but those are just two things I'm looking at early on in tonight's NHL card. Yeah, definitely check back on the Twitter to see if there's any more NHL ads for Greg and I. And again, that's at Undercover Greg for me and at Showtime Cappers for Matt. Let's go to the NFL now and wrap things up talking about the week six NFL Thursday night football game. That's another nice thing about doing this Tuesday podcast is that it allows us to talk Thursday night football. And, and we're going to see Daniel Jones on the national stage as he gets a chance to go up against Tom Brady. Uh, and Matt, when we look at this game, uh, I think we saw the Giants come back down to earth on Sunday against Minnesota, 28-10. Uh, the Vikings win it. That was a pretty fruitful game for me. I had full game under, Giants team total under, and I laid the points with Minnesota. So that worked out. Uh, but when we look at this game on Thursday, I know that you're, you've been a Daniel Jones guy. Um, but obviously, <laughs> This is this is quite the spot for him as a uh, I believe north of a two touchdown underdog. Yes, wow, sixteen and a half. I'm seeing now on the line total of forty three. So let's talk a little bit about this. Um, are you looking to play New England in a as a part of a money line parlay to start the week? Looking to tease them? You know, maybe just playing them in the first half at you know minus nine or whatever. Like, what's your angle here? You know, or, or may, do you just take the points with the Giants because it's certainly a lot? Uh, I'm not really sure where I'm going. I, if anything, I look to the under, given how good that Patriots defense has been. You know, I, yeah, similar handicap to the Giants Vikings game for me, where I'm just expecting Daniel Jones to be up against a little too much in terms of his opposition and and a really strong defense. The only thing keeping me off of the under as of now is I don't know that I trust this Giants defense because, gosh, that Giants uh, defense was just what the doctor ordered for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. And just for at least a week, we don't hear anything about Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and, and the Vikings passing game. Uh, they seem to move the ball pretty easily there. So lean under. I'm not really sure where else to go with this one. As I said, I threw out a lot of options there on what you can do with New England if you don't want to lay all those points. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I, this is this is actually a, a real easy one for me, Greg. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ride the under again. I've been riding the Patriots unders in these big spread games they've been playing all year. I think the under here is a great play. Giants out of their five games have went under three out of five. Patriots have went under four out of five. And obviously, we know the one that went over was that Jets-Patriots game where, you know, we saw two weird special team and defensive touchdowns. So, you know, but, and that, and that just barely went over, obviously, touching 44 with a total of 43. So depending on where you got that, you might have even pushed or won. I think the Patriots take care of business here. Nothing surprising. This is a Thursday night football game that, let's be honest, neither team really wants to play. I mean, do the Giants really want to travel to Foxborough in this game? And I mean, Daniel Jones, you know, I was on his little hype train after the Tampa Bay Bucks, and frankly, he just, even against the Redskins, he hasn't really looked too good the past two games, so I don't know looks exactly. Like what What's up? I'd say he's looked like a rookie at times. Yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly what's going to change when he goes on the road to play the New England Patriots, who are five and zero, and 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 and, in, and this is a prime time game, you know. Now Saquon Barkley might be back for this game. Uh, unlikely not, to play. I saw this morning. Unlikely so. to play, and I would imagine they would hold him out, considering Please. it's the Patriots and they have negative chance of winning, and then he'll have a, you know a whole another week until the following Sunday to come back. And then that would be at home against a, a Cardinals defense that has looked pathetic this year. So that sounds like a favorable matchup to have Saquon Barkley come back his first game. So I would not expect him to play this game. I think the under holds true in the first half, full game. And I, I do think the Patriots probably end up covering this game. No official plays yet for me. I'm going to, I'm going to check back on that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is almost a carbon copy of what we saw last week, Patriots game, a 33 to seven. Yeah, they cover the well, sixteen and a half, well, and they cover the under. I mean, it's the exact same numbers. Last week well, it was sixteen well, right. and forty-two. I, I, I will say, if you if it's a carbon copy, then they're not going to cover the first half because they came out slow in that first half. 
No, I didn't say the first half. I said the 16 and a half and the first half under in the full, for a full game under. Full game, okay. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and that, and this is also at home. So maybe they come out a little faster. And like we said, obviously before I did play the Patriots first half that lost, but they're now four and one in the first half. So it might not be a bad play to get back on the, uh, on the first half train and just take the Patriots under in first half, under and under in a full game. Because I, I really don't see the correlation between the Redskins and the over. I, I mean, the Giants and the over, excuse me. I don't see the Giants being able to put up points to keep up with the Patriots. So even if somehow the Patriots run up the score and go over the first half and or full game total by themselves, or maybe with the help of one to, one score by the Giants, you know, then you'll be looking at the cover in both the first half and the full game for sure. Yeah, yeah. One, one other thing that I'll say is, like, I, I just feel like with these New England lines, right, like they're – so big that you have to most of the time try and find correlation within the total. I think it can be an important way of finding a competitive advantage. And when you have a defense that's this good, I think you're far better off doing that because, Matt, that's one thing that we're not going to really see it on Thursday night with the Giants, but something to keep an eye on later in the season. Like, you look at New England's schedule. When they go at the Eagles on November the 17th, and they play the Cowboys on the 24th, you know, the, even the Texans on December 1st, those are teams, and the Chiefs on the 8th, those are teams with more playmakers that could give their defense some more problems. So we're, what I'm getting at here is, while I think we can all agree New England is right now, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be the pick to win the Super Bowl. That's all fine and well, but... I haven't seen enough of out of New England's offense to lay this kind of lumber with them, and I'm curious to see what happens later in the year where their offense is at. When Greg, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to stop. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. I gotta ask you, what haven't you seen? They've put up 30 or more points in yeah, four but, out yeah, of five games. Wait a second, they scored two defensive touchdowns against the Dolphins. Okay, and again, oh, wait, 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 Greg, but they're but they're playing the Giants. So that's what we're talking about. No, the, no, Giants, no. the Giants aren't much better, in my mind, than the Bills or the Jets or the Dolphins or the Steelers or the Redskins. The Giants fall into a category, you know, slightly above, slightly above those teams and obviously slightly below the Bills. But I think we could say they're slightly above the Dolphins, slightly above the Jets, and slightly above the Redskins. But, you know, maybe on the same page as the Steelers. And the, and, and the Patriots put up 30 or more points in all of those games. They've dominated all of those games. I I think it's a huge misconception to look at a line and say, oh, that line is too big. Well, let me tell you, all this is saying, all the quote-unquote line is saying is that we believe the Patriots are 16.5 points better than the Giants. And you know what? I don't see why that's crazy. Can you no. see the Giant? Can you see the Patriots winning this game thirty to thirty to to ten? Sure, why not? Like you told me that was the final score, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. I, 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 I'm not saying I'm taking the points with the Giants. Like that's not my point. I, I, what I was saying was more of like a long term like outlook for New England. Like when you uh, think, yeah, about I'm going to take that week by week personally. But no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, I just need to see a little bit more out of their offense because they've been carried by their defense against, you know, let's, let's be honest. Like, these offenses, I'll give them, I'll give them the Pittsburgh game. Like, that was really impressive. But all these other offenses that they played haven't done much against other teams either. So, I, I can't I, truly knock though, you know, the, I hate the whole schedule, how you play kind of, cause yes, we know that the Patriots D has been good, but hey, I know the Redskins' offenses look pretty bad, but they did put up 21 against the Cowboys, and they did put up 27 against the Eagles. Now, obviously, you know, they were in a little bit of a different direction with no Case Keenum, but to say that they haven't scored, you know, at all, you know, and and, and let's be honest, none of us saw that coming from the Steelers week one. So you got to give the yes. Patriots' defense that performance. Oh, no, absolutely. Week but one. The Dolphins, obviously, we can toss out. My thing is, all I am saying, and and yes, while those games I referenced against Philly, Dallas, Houston, and Kansas City aren't for a while, so we still have time in between, and there's still, as you have to do in this industry, you have to evaluate week to week and always adjust on the fly. All I am saying is, I am curious to see what would happen against a team like the Eagles, like the Chiefs, that can score more points 
how that game plays out for New England. That's oh, of course. I mean, they have a they have a really tough month of November. In the month of November, they they go on the road to Baltimore, and, and then they have their bye week, and then they're on the road in Philly, and then they're at home against against the Dallas Cowboys, who obviously you know we saw looked a little poor this weekend, but I, I think they'll end up turning around. So that's a tough three game stretch for them. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out what the Browns really are, and you know, maybe that game before they go travel on the road to the Ravens. Bunker that was from Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, before so I mean, we would have thought preseason maybe that game at home, uh, Browns coming to coming to town, which be troubling for the Patriots. But like you said, let's just let's just walk through the Patriots schedule. So they're five and zero. They're going to beat the Jets. Then they beat the Giants. I mean, they're going to beat the Giants, and then they're, they're going to beat the Jets. Seven and zero going to that Cleveland game, which they'll and also at probably- home. Let's Over call that a win. Yeah. So then, so then, right? They're eight and zero. Then they got that tough month in November. For argument's sake, let's say they let's say they split the road games, right, with Baltimore and Eagles. I don't know which one. I would say, sure. you know, I think Baltimore obviously was a little disguised. They disguised themselves with that Dolphins win that they had week one. I think we're showing that we're seeing their true colors. But I wouldn't be surprised if if they dropped that game. Now, going on the road to Philly after a bye, that's going to be a real interesting one, Greg, because I think Philly will be really, really in midseason form then, and Patriots off a bye. The Eagles will also be out of a bye that game, so you should get, hopefully, healthy teams and rested teams. Oh, I mean, that, there we go. I mean, that could be a Super Bowl preview we got in Week 10. I don't know. Watch out for it, or Week 11, but I'm excited for that one. And then say they beat Dallas, right? So now we're sitting at what? That's ten and one going to December, right? Then they're at the Texans, home against the Chiefs. Let's just say, for argument's sake, they split that eleven and two. Then they play the Bengals. That's a win at home against Buffalo. That's thirteen and two right there. And then at home against the, uh, you know, Patriots. In my mind, are looking something at thirteen or fourteen wins at this rate. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, that that that's hard to argue with. Uh, and hey, you beat who's in front of you, and it certainly looks like New England is on its way to, uh, being the number one seed in the AFC and, 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 uh, perhaps another appearance in the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, this could all change. We'll see what happens with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Looked a little gimpy on Sunday night, so that's obviously something to monitor this week. Uh, but yeah, as, as I said, if the playoffs were to start today, New England is as they, as it should be, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Final words. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what happens with these game fives. Obviously, tomorrow I'm excited to see the Astros close it out, and I, I can't wait for the next round of the playoffs to start. And let's, uh, and we'll be back on Friday, you know, with checking out the next round of the playoffs in MLB and and uh, football slate this weekend. That's right. We are back, as Matt said on Friday. We will preview both the National and American League Championship Series. Football picks for college and the NFL. You can get it all right here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. That's going to wrap things up for us on a Tuesday morning. Matt Siegel, you can get him on Twitter at Showtime Cappers. I am Greg Frank. You can get me at Undercover Greg for all of my gambling picks. Thank you all for listening, and please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.